this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it is for my healing. Is that how you feel every morning? When I wake up in the morning and I look ahead at the things that I have committed to do and know the things that might pop into my day, I'm not sure that I feel very welcoming to it. And I've mentioned this before, but my husband and I are in the middle of a huge transition, which we're having a great time with. But when I think about welcoming everything that comes to me today, and I know that the men who are pouring the concrete may not show up. (laughs) And the inspector who has to inspect the property before they can pour the concrete may not show up. And then the trigger of things that follow may change the course of the day. But when I'm reminded that all of those things are from my healing, I, I really like things to be orderly and planned. I expect you to come. We had a contractor who we called to come and do some very specific work, and this is exactly what he said to me. I can probably come on Friday. <laughs> and I, I really, I'm laughing, I'm still laughing. You could probably come on Friday. And so I wondered if I should wait all day for Friday, and then he decided not to come. So I called him by name, and I said, you know, that just won't work for this process that we are in. If you can't come on Friday, it's okay, but you have to tell me whether you're coming on Friday or Monday. Oh, he said, okay, I'll be there on Friday. And he was, and he was on time and did wonderful work. But there's something about probably, and I'm not sure, and maybe that takes my style of getting something done and kind of tweaks it. Well, this is an important day in the life of the church. And um, you may be saying, I don't recognize it as a day of an importance in the church. And maybe that's because you grew up in an environment that didn't recognize these two times of the year that as a ministry we have been engaged in for about 30 plus years now. And that is twice a year, we try to pause a little, sometimes a lot, and you can go to our archives and find a piece of material that I'm very proud of. It includes ways to engage your family in preparation for the week of weeks or Holy Week or the week of the crucifixion, whatever you want to call it, and then Good Friday and Easter Sunday. For a lot of years in my own life, Easter just came and there was really truly for a lot of years in our married life, we belonged to a very large church and really what we got ready for on Easter were all the visitors who were coming to our church. I remember saying to my husband at one point, all I'm thinking about for Easter is what time we have to be there to greet all the people who are coming to our church, how we have to have to work in the parking lot, and most often we didn't get to go to church. We didn't even get to sit in the pew because there were people who came, you know, Easter, Christmas people. Are you one of those people, Easter, Christmas attenders? Could I encourage you to think a little bit more about that this year, 2020? And this day is commonly known in liturgical services and churches as Ash Wednesday. 
Well, what does that mean? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what it sort of means. They have the palm waving of 2019. Okay, this is, I don't even know what all this stands for, except that I can just tell you it, it's been a part of the culture of liturgical church life. So in 2019, there was Palm Sunday. And at a lot of churches, they actually pass out palms, okay, palms. And um, so you take a palm home, and you keep it all year. And then the Sunday before today, Wednesday, they burn all the palms and the ashes from the palms they put on foreheads to mark people as people who follow Christ. Now, you say, eh, that belongs to a whole denomination that I'm not a part of, and I don't believe in the whole part of it, and I'd be in agreement with you. But I am part of a congregation of people who are in Christ. And the idea of pausing 40 days twice a year before Christmas and Easter is theologically important. We see the picture of Christ who's being baptized. And do you remember the words that came from the dove that descended? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. He comes out of the water wet and drippy. And if you've ever been submerged in a baptismal process or ever been in a pool, a lake, or been coming out of the water, you know, your hair looks good, your makeup's on, and then you're dunked and there you are. That's what he looked like. And the dove spoke these words. The God spoke them through the dove. And then the next verse says, And the Spirit led him to the wilderness. The wilderness for 40 days, and the wilderness that is clearly talked about in the temptation of Christ. The same thing happens in the church calendar when you are prepping for the birthday of Christ. The two important events, and it's quite interesting to me that people become Easter and Christmas church attenders. And I remember when 30 years ago or so, I thought, now there's some parallel here. And then I went to the scriptures and I recognized how many times God sent his son to the wilderness, how many times Jesus paused and reflected and took time away he went on a wilderness, he went on a Sabbath, he went on a solitude, he took quiet for himself to refocus, and the church began to set these times apart as a part of a calendar, and I began to see the fruitfulness of it. And I can tell you now, and my own, this is my personal reflection on it, that I look forward to this day. And I look forward to it because I have agreed for myself to pause long enough to say, okay, in the next 40 days, I'm going to concentrate on what it looked like for Jesus to be in the temptation, what it looks like for me to prepare for that week. And the scripture is so clear to draw each day of the week from Palm Sunday, coming over Bethany, down into Jerusalem, palm waving and his riding on the donkey. You're probably familiar with that. And then there's something that happened on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday when there was the Passover supper and the new covenant is given and Friday of crucifixion and Saturday when everyone thought that he was dead and Sunday and the resurrection.
it's always powerful to me to think, I know that story. I know that story. I can quote these verses without a Bible in front of me. I know this account, and I know it well. I know it better because I've been practicing taking these 40 days. Some people talk about it as a time of repentance. And, and I think it is a time of repentance. If you've ever heard someone, usually from the Episcopal, uh, Lutheran, or Catholic churches, and those of you who listen to us and are part of those church families, we're always so glad because the church is big and wide and those people who are in Christ are not all in the same denomination. At least that's my perspective. Then giving up something for this Lenten time is a sacrifice. Now, I've said this on here before, and I'll keep saying it, I'm sure. When Lent comes around each year, I can just remember every moment of a time when I decided to give up my favorite food. And my favorite food is coffee. People laugh about that because coffee is really not a food. It is to me. It's uh, one of his own separate food groups. And in the morning, I have my coffee. And in the morning, I put real sugar or raw sugar, sometimes monk fruit recently, and half and half in my large stainless steel cup that keeps my coffee hot. It's about two cups worth. Okay, is that a pretty clear description? I do it every day. Travel, when I get on the plane, I have my coffee cup in my suitcase. Okay? So you know that I'm very committed. Yes, you might say I'm addicted to my coffee in the morning, and that would be also true. And I decided that this year, if I really wanted to pause every day and think about his giving his life and what I might give up and daily think about what giving something up looks like, it should be coffee. And I did. <laughs> it was very hard. Not only did I have the caffeine withdrawal, I had the, the the change of the routine in my habit in, in the morning, and I wasn't doing that anymore. And I tried a bottle of water, and nothing seemed quite as good. That was good for me. And I thought every morning about what Jesus did when he gave his life. I had my cup of coffee. It was the year that my cousin was married in San Francisco, and we were in a downtown hotel in San Francisco, and I got up on Easter morning, and my husband and I went to our favorite little cafe in downtown San Francisco and had coffee and an almond croissant. I can taste it right now. So I'm trying to help you think about this day. I don't know where you're listening to us from. Maybe it's early enough in the day that you could actually sneak down to some service and get some ashes on your forehead. And you say, why would I want to do that? I, I'm, I make sure I go to some congregation, and I have a number of very kind pastors who are pastors of churches that I don't belong to, and I say, may I come? And they say, yes, and may I have my forehead with a cross of ashes, and I am so happy to wear all day. There's so few places that we who follow Christ, who are in Christ, as Matthew says, that we can stand up and say, I am a Christ one. And when I have my ashes on, they may think I'm Episcopalian or Lutheran or Roman Catholic, but I'm thinking 
I want them to know that I follow Christ. So this is a time of bringing your life back into focus, okay? The focus and the concept of forgiveness. Um, we see a lot of Peter during this time of the year as we prepare for the week of weeks and prepare our hearts for Good Friday and Easter. This forgiveness is a time, this is a time to focus on forgiveness, of all the considerations in walking in faith, I find that this subject is most often a topic of discussion. We've been talking about forgiveness recently and articles from leaders about forgiveness, how to forgive, when to forgive, the ingredients for giving, how clinging to the past is wounding and does not help us to go forward and that Christ calls us to forgive and that it's good for us to forgive. Desmond Tutu wrote, Without forgiveness, we remain tethered to the person who harmed us. We are bound with chains of bitterness tied together, trapped. Until we can forgive the person who harms us, that person will hold the key to our happiness. That person will be our jailer. When we forgive, we take back control of our lives and our feelings. We become our own liberators. We don't forgive to help the other person. We forgive for ourselves. Forgiveness, in other words, is the best form of self-interest. Now, we don't need any additional selfishness, do we? But it is God's ultimate plan and purpose. And I want to challenge you this day, on the 40th day, February 26th, before Easter celebration on April 12th, to pause, reflect, think about it. And if you're not getting the show till five days later, it's okay. So start on the 35th day. Whatever you can do between now and Easter to prepare your heart, read through the Gospels, consider what Jesus was going through, read through the accounts of Christ getting ready getting his disciples ready. He said several times in these passages that um, are likened and, and draw us together to think about what it felt like. I can't tell you everything right now because you don't understand it. Anyone ever say that to you? Did you ever look back and say to a teenager or to a young man or woman you're discipling or you're mentoring, you'll understand this someday. And that's what Jesus says, and he said it to his disciples and to all of us. We can't understand it, but this is a time for drawing yourself up, apart, taking intentional time to think about Jesus, his gospel messages, his preaching, and his practices that prepared him to be ready to come down the hill into Jerusalem on what we now call Palm Sunday and go through the week of torture and trauma and trial and be crucified. Not crucified for my sins totally, but crucified for my sins and your sins and because he was an obedient son to his father God and God had called him to do this. We hear those very poignant words. If this is your will, Father, if not, spare me from this death on the cross. It was God's will. It was part of God's plan to offer to us an opportunity to be with Jesus and the Father and the Spirit for all the days of our life. 
I pray that if you have never said, I want to know that Jesus, if you have never acknowledged that you wanted him to be your Lord, that this might be the day you do that. And if you've already done that and it's grown stale or cold, if you're not immersing yourself regularly in reading one verse a day or one chapter a day or spending time daily with Jesus, may this day be a beginning of a new season in your life as we prepare for Easter. This is Modern Homemakers, and I'm Donna Otto. Thank you for joining us. I pray that the Lenten things that we will talk about in the next 40 days will be an encouragement to you. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of remembering Christ on the cross.